Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why? Well, why not? And today's what is going to be a delightful thread from the forums of somethingawful.com. Now, this thread in particular is going to be one of those storytelling forums, and in particular, it will be stories told from emergency medical professionals. And in particular, this thread is in the Something Awful Forum subforum GBS 2.1, which stands for General Bullshit 2.1, and in a, th in a thread entitled EMS Stories, Stop Putting Things in Your Butt. And the original post was written by Hollis Mason on April 18th, 2013. And it goes like this. I thought I would share some of my EMS stories and hopefully that other goons who have worked in emergency medicine, whether doctors, nurses, or fellow EMTs on ambulances would share theirs as well. I'm not going to share with you my worst experiences because those are depressing. I'll tell you some of the funny stories though. Please be aware I have a dark sense of humor, so if you think something is instead horrific, I'm sorry, but humor is sometimes the only way to combat some of the horrific things I have seen. My background. I was an EMS for five years. First as a basic, then eventually going through paramedic program and working as a paramedic for two years. I am no longer a paramedic or work in EMS due to a medical condition. I won't be giving any identifying information other than to say I worked in the South. Also, please don't go into HIPAA violations. I won't be naming names or even giving a vague idea of where these events occurred. Please do not, inter please do not internet detective me. As far as you know, I am making this up. Heading. I fell down some stairs. We got this a lot. People fell down stairs like a lot. Whether or not they lived in a house that had stairs or not, they managed to fall down them. I was working at a prison at the time and we responded to a call where a prisoner had been stabbed multiple times as well as gotten a severe beatdown. While we were bandaging him and doing our thing, one of the prison guards just kept hassling the guy. I hated this because they'd question the guys while in pain and say shit to them like, quote unquote, tell me what happened and they'll give you pain medicine, which I had been in more than one verbal sparring over them never saying that in front of me again. The guy on the cot removes the rebreather, looks up at the guard and just screams, quote unquote, I fell down some stairs, motherfucker, and then just passes out. The prison does not have any stairs. He lived BTW. Heading if things had went differently. Again, we responded to a cardiac event. We treated the patient and get him to the hospital with no difficulties. While we're getting our gear in order, the wife, an older woman, comes up to me and thanks us both for our help and then tips us. She puts it on the top of our bench in the ambulance. She leaves us with these words of wisdom. Quote, unquote, if things had gone differently, you may have gotten a bigger tip and then walks back inside the hospital. Heading, why you should turn off your phone on a call. We responded to a code, which is where someone has dropped dead. Their heart has stopped beating. The family is there and the fire department is on scene doing CPR. We get our gear and proceed to quote-unquote work the code. While we are working the code, one of the fire department's phones goes off. The family is in the home with us watching us work on their loved one, and one of the firefighters' phones starts playing quote-unquote, Don't stand so close to me. Repeatedly, this person calls, and he lets it ring before shutting it off. Finally, everyone looks at him, and he apologizes that his daughter keeps calling him. That's just inappropriate in itself to assign that song to your daughter. I think that's it for now. I have a couple more stories that are not horrific, but just rather strange and funny. And Hollis Mason returns to write, There's an improv game where you name things and say, Up your butt. So here are the up your butt stories. Heading, up your butt. Okay, so I should probably not tell this one, but it's late, so whatever. 
we respond to a generic call, i.e. someone is looking for aid from EMS, but they are not clear to the 911 operator, just that it is a quote-unquote emergency. We get to the house and knock on the door, no answer. Fire is along with us on the call as well. We hear cries of quote-unquote help, help. So fire knocks the door in and we go inside. First off, the apartment is disgusting. We go to the back room, which is a bedroom, and we see a very, very large gentleman lying on his side on the floor. Next to him is a mobile scooter. Above the scooter is this, like, hanging bar, like one of those used to assist you getting in and off of a scooter. The guy is in severe pain and is laying on his side, and that's when we see it. A giant brackets. I'm not exaggerating. Later, we learned it was 20-inch dildo buried to the hilt in this guy's ass. The guy's just asking us to help him up and start saying, quote-unquote, just pull it out, just pull it out. We explain we cannot do that at all. We have to go to the hospital. We have to load this guy onto our stretcher face down and wheel him out of his house with a giant dildo in his ass. This is what we think happened, because he wouldn't say anything about it. He was on his mobile scooter, and he used the bar to lift himself up, and then he put the dildo on his scooter seat. And when he was dildoing himself, he fell off his scooter and couldn't get up. Heading, bingo. We respond to another general emergency at a residence. We go inside and are met by the wife of the patient. The guy is standing, and we can't tell something is wrong. He won't say anything to us, but kind of sits onto his side. They just really don't say shit other than, quote-unquote, horrible stomach pains. We take the guy to the ER and eventually learn the full story. The woman was giving the guy a blowjob and was dildoing his ass with a bingo marker. Brackets, what the fuck indeed. When she lost it in his ass. Also, a note on things in asses. Don't dildo your ass with weird objects. It usually, and in most of these cases, does cause bowel perforation. Most of these cases, these people have to have surgery, but live. And ace beef ads. I have done about 100 hours in an emergency room department in a major city, and never seen any butt stuff. All I get is super depressing addicts, suicide attempts, and trauma. Smith emoticon. I guess we also get uninteresting things. Still, I hold out for the butt stuff. Anyway, I had a friend tell me this story from the same department. Older man comes in to resus. Resus are in the rooms where any high-level trauma or medical emergency is sent, by the way. This guy is in a coma. His son allegedly had choked him out during, quote-unquote, playtime, and the guy never woke up, I guess. This is fairly weird to begin with, but it gets worse. They go to cut off this guy's clothes and put in a catheter. Now here's the problem. He has a male chastity belt around his cock and balls. They eventually get in contact with the wife who is in Europe and she has the key to the chastity belt. They had to use bolt cutters to remove the chastity belt. Let this be a lesson to all of you. Never let your son choke you out during freaky B... <laughs> Never let your son choke you out during your freaky BDSM play. Breath play is dangerous, folks. And Polythene Pam writes, Reminds me of the time when my brother told me a bizarre... He told me he had gotten a call that was very vague, that the person was experiencing rectal pain and had repeated flares of Crohn's. Upon arrival, a guy answered the door and led them to a nursery. Anyhow, bro looked where the man was, and apparently he was in the crib, dressed to the nines in baby apparel, crying. He had on a diaper and told him to open it and that he had stuck a rattle up his ass. He didn't want to go to the hospital in fear of his work finding out, but my brother insists that he needs to get the thing out of his ass immediately. The whole time, the man was sucking his thumb, acting like an infant. The other guy was soothing him, telling him not to worry, that daddy will be there with him through the whole thing. Psyduck Emoticon the ride to the hospital, he said, was the longest ride, and when he got done with the shift, he just went home and held his dog while drinking, comprehending the whole situation he went through. 
and illegal username ads. I work as a nurse, and so while I do not get to discover people with things stuck up their butt or to extract said butt objects, I get to take care of the post-butt surgery, recovery, and rehabilitation. I miss out on a whole galaxy of bullshit that EMTs get to enjoy daily, like living under the threat of physical violence, risking career-ending injury while moving people, brackets who sometimes do not want to be moved, and take away coffee. Instead, I get to spend nights juggling painkillers, staring at monitors, thinking, oh shit, I hope this guy doesn't have internal bleeding. What if he does? Jesus, should I call the attending? Oh, evening, miss, butt patient, yes, your husband's intestinal preparation is healing nicely. Uh, no, he doesn't know what caused it. Maybe you should go ask the doctor. Yes, no worries. You're welcome. Goodbye. Basically, we share the patients and the substance abuse problems. EMTs get the traumatic shit, and we get the depressing shit. And Ron's ads. Being the son of a firefighter and the brother of a paramedic, I have heard a few good stories. Heading, well, it still counts as property. It's a little unusual for the station in the area to receive walk-ins, but the man came in in a panic. I live across the street, quote-unquote, I live across the street, you have to help me. My friend is stuck in the tree. My dad walks over with a few other people, and they are looking into the tree and don't see anyone. Then they see a sudden flash of red among the higher branches. By friend, the man had meant his pet macaw. One of the firefighters was about to tell the man that he would have to call a specialist and they will get the bird down, but my dad turned to him, quote-unquote, suit up and get the truck. This is an expensive bird. The bird was rescued. And Twig and Berry's replies. Responded to a domestic violence situation. Woman was punched in the face. Guy had a bleeding head laceration. We took the woman. My partner was in the back with her and asked her what happened. She said, quote unquote, motherfucker punched me so I hit him in the head with a smooth. My partner starts writing the report and after five minutes he can't stand it anymore and says, quote unquote, I'm sorry ma'am, I have to ask you, you hit him in the head with a what? I hit him with a smooth. A smooth? Yes, you know a smooth. What you smooth your clothes with. And she began making ironing motions. To this day, I smell... <laughs> To this day, I feel like smooth is a much better word for a modern iron. And Colobus Monkey writes, I don't work in EMS, but I have had some brief butt stories from working in respiratory. I was in the recovery room, and this guy had apparently shoved a cucumber up his butt while cooking dinner for his family and couldn't get it out. I was still there later on when his son had to come pick him up from the hospital. The second story is about an 18-year-old who signed up for the Army, and a week before he was supposed to go to boot camp, shoved a shampoo bottle up his ass, and he had to go to the OR to excise it. And Twig and Berry's ads again. I also have had a 10-minute argument with a woman who wanted to go to the ER with four packed bags, one of them full of Kleenex. When I stated she didn't need all that Kleenex and the hospital would provide her with some, she said, quote-unquote, have you ever used hospital Kleenex? It's terrible. This was a woman who called 911, requested an ambulance for some pain I can't remember where, pain so intense that she needed to go to the emergency room in an ambulance, but her primary concern for her at the moment was how scratchy hospital Kleenex was. So yeah, the woman with abdominal pain who wanted to bring a giant bag of Doritos with her? Sure thing. Let me put that on the back shelf of the stretcher here. How would you rate your pain on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the worst pain you've ever felt? Quote, unquote, 10. Definitely 10. Okay, I'm going to take your blood pressure now. Quote, unquote, ow, that cuff, it's too tight, it hurts. I did this for 10 years and finally stopped a year ago. I'm trying to like humanity again. And Paramimetic writes, Not a story as such, but I shared this But I shared this in the EMS thread. Basically, for non-EMS workers, when we get a call, we get a dispatch that is very brief to let us know what we're in for, followed by a radio briefing once we're en route. Often, the initial dispatch comes out over, quote-unquote, computer-assisted dispatch. We have big monitors in the station that display the type of call. The apparatus sent, the apparatus being sent, and a blurb about what it is. And there is an image that's, that has a picture from the screen that says, Male subject passed out under a tree near the tennis courts with his penis. We got this one. 
There is a character limit on how long the dispatch is, but the 911 dispatcher just types a report as they're getting it and sends it. Sometimes it cuts off with amazing results. The best part is the seasoned EMS guys all start wondering, quote unquote, with his penis in what? In a pipe? In his hand? Off? My training partner ran that call. There was no penis, just a drunk dude. I like to imagine a good Samaritan walking by before we got there was like, quote unquote, oh dear, that man's penis is out and tucked it away for him. And Tea Party Crasher writes, I have had friends, brackets, who are not in the line of work, tell me horror stories secondhand about these bizarre medical emergencies. I think they're full of it, but they still make me cringe. One was about a goony sounding, morbidly obese man who sat on the leather material couch for an extended period of time, perhaps 24 hours or so, doing nothing but play video games. The only explanation as to why a obese man would not get up to eat that I can conjure is that he prepared for this long session of gaming and had put his food and water on a nearby desk. Anyway, he apparently gets stuck to the couch somehow. One friend speculated that his skin actually melded with the couch. Another said it was because of the sweat. The story ends with him calling an ambulance. When someone comes to get him, they try to remove him from the couch and his skin rips open, spilling his innards everywhere and killing him. I don't want to believe that happened. I'm sure that you can all tell me it's bullshit. And, and Dugu D writes, what? The Christ, please someone reassure me that this can never actually happen. And Ugly in the Morning writes, There was a GBS thread about a news story where there was a guy who had to be cut out of his chair when he died because the sores from his sweat-slash-urine-slash-feces healed into the chair itself. I recall the term quote-unquote shit-weld being coined there. I'll see if I can find it based on the bits I remember, but like 95% of my recollection is the term quote-unquote shit-weld and that he had been confined to the chair because of an ankle injury. And there is an edit that says, Found it, with a link to the article, And the title of that article was Obese Man Stuck in Chair for Two Years Had to Be Cut from Chair After Skin Fused with Fabric. And and Kles Elvin writes, That exact story, dunno. But people do end up quote-unquote fused to their shit sometimes. They're usually massively obese and haven't moved a bit for a couple of years. This one sat in a toilet for two years. And there's a link to an NBC News story. And Stress Pill writes, I am a retired firefighter and love all EMS. We were all first responders slash EMT and had one paramedic that brackets and depending on shift schedules, I would sometimes ride with. Yeah, we were an inner city department with a larger population of homeless. So needless to say, we rolled on way more medicals than fire with a few decent MVAs in the mix. On every medical we ran, I was always super happy when the bus was either on scene before we got there or rolling up shortly after. A few times when multiple tones dropped and EMS was tied up was generally the worst feeling because we had limited equipment and our own limited medical knowledge and we were left calling the shots. We had plenty of calls, quote unquote, like the one above, where they would have done a ton of dirty, nasty shit they wanted to pack off to the hospital, generally on cold nights when they're looking for a warm bed. And in this story, he's referring to the story of the woman who wanted to be taken to the hospital with her Kleenex. Generally on cold nights when they were looking for a warm bed, but even more frustrating were the ones that would be complaining of chest pain, A and O times two, pressure dropping, rapid shallow breathing, call 911, then refuse transport, angry shaking fist emoticon. Thanks, Dick. We would just be climbing back in our nice warm racks when we would get toned out again for the same guy, but now on a core and have to come back and crack their chest while EMS calls a doc for pronouncement. Idiots. Anyway, never had any anal antics, brackets, thank Christ. But the couple of medicals that do stick in my head were flesh-eating bacteria lady. We got a memo to make sure we were full PPE when responding to her address. 
please look up what that means. And we responded there all the time because she was constantly burning breakfast, lunch, and dinner on the goddamn stove. We would always just stick our heads in the door to clear the scene, careful not to touch a goddamn thing, maybe set up ventilation all the while telling her, quote unquote, no, it's fine, please stay back, as she rolled around a wheelchair looking like a melting raspberry ice cream cone. She had no concept of her condition and would suddenly whip the chair around and try to grab your hand or bunkers and try to pull you into her lair. Suicide attempt by nail file dude. Guy took a bunch of painkillers and washed them down with a few 40s before sawing away. Slicing wrist emoticon. And Germex kid. This was actually a pretty sad case, but you kind of lose that perspective when you were on the job. We rolled on a reported DK mail with PD on the scene and found one of our regulars who would normally be off as not on whatever shitty booze he could get a hold of. He was a young guy, probably around 25, and we knew him well. He had steadily been ramping things up over the course of the year, but today had apparently the lack of funds to access his regular choice of MD or McCormick's, brackets or whatever the shitty bottom shelf vodka is, and knocked back not one, but almost two full 30-ounce bottles brackets of the big fuckers of hand sanitizer. I still can't believe he was conscious slash breathing when we got on the scene. That one really blew my mind. There was also the old shut-in lady who would get all cucked up on vanilla extract, but I didn't mind her so much. She just smelled like cookies. And envision ads. I've never actually been paid to do EMT work, but I had a super fucking fun time on my clinicals. One of the first calls I went on was an attempted suicide. Forget how it was dispatched. So we show up and I hop out of the back of the ambulance with the trauma bag and the monitor. And all three of us walk past a group of cops outside standing around smirking. We get into the kitchen and see a guy lying on the ground moaning. PT is AXO and talking. So one of the medics starts to ask the guy about what happened. The PT grabs a plastic spoon with the handle shaved to a point and goes, quote unquote, I stabbed myself in the stomach with this and holds it up for Jesus and everyone to see. Of course, the paramedic being the ultimate doer of deeds points to a kitchen knife set and stares at the patient while letting out a really long, quote unquote, bro. It was at this moment that the patient seemed to realize his failure, and I have never seen a sadder look on anyone's face. During my ER rotations, we had a really built guy come into the ER escorted by police. The PT is in restraints and just going fucking nuts, yelling at everyone trying to rip out of the restraints and just being a dickhead in general. Cops tell us that the PT was apparently smoking fry when he decided to hit his mom and run down the street completely naked, except for one shoe, which he still had on. Luckily, the guy wasn't in my section, so I didn't really have to deal with him, and I didn't want to because he was being fucking obnoxious seeing is how he was out of his mind. Anyway, so a long while later, the guy calms down, so I'm tasked with going into his room to check on him while all the nurses and doctors stand outside at the hall laughing at me. I open up the door and I'm greeted with the smell of shit and body sweat. Quick glance at the bed and holy shit, this 30-year-old, 4'6", tatted-up gangster is grinning at me and spinning his dick around in his hand like a helicopter. I asked him to stop and he goes, quote-unquote, yo man, can you call my moms? I walk out of the room and told the nurse that he wanted to call his mom and went on break for a while. The next time I saw him, he was standing in his room with the door cracked open staring at me, grinning while spinning his dick around and pissing at the same time. And Hollis Mason writes, Heading, I generally an ambulance and live. Since someone asked for it, I'll tell the General Lee story. If you don't know what the General Lee is, it's the Dukes of Hazard car, and in that show, whenever they jumped over something, this theme music played. Here's a YouTube video. It is the Dukes of Hazard theme. Okay, so here's the first thing you need to know about ambulances. They are fucking heavy. So heavy, in fact, for the frame that they are built on, brackets generally... F-150s, etc., that they require special shocks to lessen the impact on the frame of the truck. These are called shock airbags. They are what they sound like, basically big inflated bags that go along with the shocks. The second thing you need to know is that all paramedics and EMTs are fucking crazy. The job just does that to you. 
one of the pastimes we had when driving was speeding up at railroad tracks. Why? Because they dip, and because they dip, the whole ambulance comes off the chassis, and then they gently sort of comes back down because of these special airbag shocks. It's like gently jumping into the air. The wheels stay on the ground, but the whole frame of the cab and the truck rise up. So basically, it's like a ride. We did this all the fucking time, whenever we saw railroad tracks, because it was fun. So we were driving down the highway in a rural area, and we see the tracks ahead of us. Now no one is around, so my partner tells me to gun it. Now note, while doing this, we sing the Dukes of Hazard theme out loud. Now what we didn't know was that even though it looked like a normal railroad tracks, it wasn't. On our side, it was kind of level. On the other side, there was a huge dip, probably a 12-foot incline. I'm not sure. We couldn't see this, so I start speeding up, probably going 70 miles an hour. Then we get to the tracks and realize the complete shitstorm we were in for, but it's too late. The only thing we could do is hold on and scream the song. We go airborne and clear the railroad tracks. Enough that we hit branches with the top. <laughs> we go airborne and clear the railroad tracks. Enough that we hit branches with the top of our back cab and then come down onto the road with a resounding smash, which of course blows out both back airbags, so now the ambulance is dragging its ass behind it. Oh, I forgot to mention that we were responding to a call, so this was all lights and sirens as well, and that's how we responded to the call. Shittiest transport ever because there were no shocks in the back. Luckily, the call was not serious at all. Um... And Ricky Cat writes, Holy shit, next time I need to take the ambulance ride, I'm requesting you. And Hollis Mason replies, I don't work in EMS anymore. Sorry, frowny face emoticon. The other thing we used to do, but no stories related to it, is when driving down roads at night in the woods, we would turn off our headlights and let the lights flash. It's actually pretty fucking eerie. It's like riding inside a red strobe light. Heading the best expression ever. We responded to an MVA. The guy's got a broken leg. We are treating him, and I get permission to give morphine for pain relief. This is the best phrase I have ever heard. On giving him the morphine, he says in a really southern accent, quote-unquote, Thank Jesus. That's a relief like passing a baby out of my ass. I bet it is. I bet it is. Heading, quote-unquote, stomach pains. We responded to a, quote-unquote, stomachache at a truck stop. Now, this guy is only wearing boxer shorts. That's all he is wearing. So I get him loaded up in the ambulance, and he keeps clutching his stomach. Halfway through the transport, he says, quote-unquote, oh, so sorry, turns on his side as he is doing this. His shorts come down, exposing his ass, and he just lets out a loud of a fart. And what I think is shit. It's not shit, though. It's just clear fluid. Then I realize that this guy has just shit-sprayed KY jelly all over the side of the stretcher and on the floor of the ambulance. Then he gives out this, quote-unquote, ah... Stomach pains indeed, sir. And Hollis Mason adds again. This isn't a funny or humorous story, but in the area I worked in, we repeatedly about once a month got a call from a specific residence. Whenever we would go out there, the guy would insist that he didn't want to go to the hospital. It was always minor stuff, but anytime anyone went out there, he always had dinner made and insisted they eat it with him. It turned out he was just lonely and by himself, so eventually the local fire department asked if he wanted to be a volunteer after the fourth or fifth time this happened, as he was just calling them because he liked them and he wanted to eat dinner with someone. As far as I know, he is still a volunteer like once a week, fixing dinner for all of them at the station. Writing that reminded me of this story. Heading, what not to do as a first responder. 
We responded to a rollover MVA, brackets, motor vehicle accident. Now we know what that means. It was an overturned SVU in a ditch. The SVU was over on its side. There are several onlookers and the first responders are there. Before we can even get our gear out of the ambulance, a first responder runs up to us and loudly screams, quote unquote, it's fucking horrible. She's all fucked up, man. Holy shit, get in there. Just in complete fucking panic mode, which of course is loud enough so that the onlooker and crowd gets visibly upset. So I grab the quick bag and P-U-H-A, brackets, pick up haul ass to the vehicle. I get to the vehicle and again, I get from another first responder, quote unquote, it's really bad. You need to get in there. I think her legs messed up. Now, remember, no one is with the patient, which is ridiculous in itself. Ugh. Anyway, I get inside by climbing down through the window where I see a young woman laying on the floor. And, well, they're right. Her leg is, quote unquote, fucked up. It's literally bent at the knee with her heel pointing at her head. However, she is smiling. So I get in there and get my quick bag, put a collar on her as best I can. Brackets, not a lot of room for someone else to take C-spine. I'm thinking, what the hell? I go to treat her leg and then she says, quote unquote, no, don't worry, it's okay. I was trying to tell them I'm an amputee. Well, the problem is her fake leg is broken in half, and that's what these guys saw. So I take off her fake leg. I can only imagine what these two jackasses thought when I handed up what looks like a leg out of the window to my partner, then brought her out on a device called a KED. So yeah. Don't do that. And Hollis Mason returns to add again. Heading, I didn't think that all. 90% of the time in EMS, you get bullshit calls. The majority of the time, we get called for very, very simple things, minor emergencies. It's that 10%, though, that wears at your soul like a grindstone. We had been coming out to this guy's house on a regular basis to transport. This was my first time transporting this particular patient. The only notes were that, if possible, do not let female EMS ride in the back with him. There were no other notes. Now, I love veterans. They are amazing individuals that have served their country. However, those that have quote-unquote problems have really serious problems. Now, the person we were transporting was wheelchair-confined. Upon entering the house, the first thing we notice is that there's absolutely no furniture. Stand-up lights, some TV trays, a TV stand, no couches, chairs, etc. Anywhere in the house. So we get to the back room, and, well, it's just off. His mattress is on the floor, but there is what I can only describe as an ad hoc jungle gym built out of PVC pipe and slats of wood. The first thing we notice is that the guy is obviously a quote-unquote flasher. For whatever reason, some people just like showing you their shit. He sits up in bed, throws the sheet off of him, and is naked except for a condom catheter. Awesome. So we load the guy up in the back of our truck, and I'm riding the back on this call. My partner shuts the door, and without missing a beat, as we proceed to pull out of the driveway, he lays it on me, quote-unquote, I guess you're wondering why I got that all over my bed. I replied that I thought it was to help him move around. Quote, unquote, yeah, it's to help me move around that pussy. See, I bet you think that since my legs don't work, my cock doesn't either. No, I replied, I did not think that. Quote, unquote, well, it does, and I get so much as it's not funny. Just posted up on that internet site, Adult Friend Finder. You heard of that? Yes, I had heard of the site, I replied. Quote, unquote, well, do you use it? No, I did not, I said. Quote, unquote, it's great. There are all kinds of shit on there. Lots of people want to fuck people like me, especially because of this. Then he removes a pump from his personal bag. I can see where this is going, and I am already texting my safe word to my partner. This is a word we use if some weird shit is going on in the back and don't want to announce it. Quote, unquote, see, with this, I can go all night, and the ladies love that. All I gotta do is take the tube here, and with that, he puts the end of the tube into his shorts and obviously attaches the, his penis pump to his penis. I'm assuming I was looking away, but I can hear him inflate his penis. Naturally, a few minutes too late, my partner stops the truck. I say, excuse me, I have to check on something, then proceed to step out to dry heave and explain to my partner what just happened. 
we're stunned. I'm not fucking sure what the hell to. <laughs> I'm not fuck. I'm not fucking sure what the hell to do other than to get back in and have to keep writing with this patient. I mean, what the fucking hell do you even do? Well, nothing. I have to get back in the truck and continue to ride this guy to the hospital. Side note, we told our supervisor the story. Apparently, he had never done this particular thing, but was quite adept at, quote-unquote, accidentally exposing himself to the EMS workers. Eventually, one time too many, and too many trips to the hospital, the doctors, etc., found out about it. He did it at the hospital, so they just ordered a cath on him. That was the last I ever heard of it. And that is the weirdest experience I have ever had in EMS. And stabby McBitch slap ads. One night, my partner and I toned out for a code way out in the boonies. We get there, and the wife meets us at the door. Quote, unquote, I don't know what happened. He just fell out of the bed while I was in the other room. Okay, cool. We walk in the bedroom and find this guy butt naked on the floor, which in and of itself is pretty common. What was not common was that this guy, despite being dead, had a raging heart on and a condom on. Awesome. My partner starts doing compressions while I get the monitor hooked up and start the IV. All the while, this guy's dong flopping all over the place. Before the local volley fire guys get there to do crowd control, random family members and neighbors start filling up the bedroom again, with this guy's zombie boner flopping around. We cover it up, but this guy is still obviously quite happy to see us. Eventually, fire gets there and chases all the looky-loos out so we can work. Between rounds of drugs, I start looking around for meds and such. Lube, check. Penis pump, check. Half-empty bottle of Cialis that was prescribed two days ago. Aha! Long story short, this guy apparently died while preparing to give his wife the dicking of a lifetime. He was survived by his wife, children, and a raging post-mortem erection. Once of my buddies was sent out to do an animal bite call, where he discovered that the patient had somehow gotten her vagina bitten by her boyfriend's dog. Apparently, they don't just lick the peanut butter off. And Hollis Mason adds, It's true that a lot of paramedics have a god complex. How can you not? You bring people back to life and shit. The fact is that 99% of the time, people don't know what the fuck they're talking about when it comes to medicine. You also have to understand that the majority of people encountered are dumb as fucking posts. Smart people don't do stupid shit. A friend of mine used to say paramedics are soldiers in the war against natural selection. Here is an example. This isn't really funny, more quote-unquote, oh my god. Heading, when a doctor says quote-unquote, wait do that. We get called out on a medical slash trauma. We get to the house and it's a couple who called. The husband is in excruciating pain, just tears running down his face and he has towels over his crotch. The wife is visibly upset as well. We pull the towels back to reveal an eggplant oozing blood is the only way to describe it. Apparently this gentleman had a penis pump installed. The doctor said wait for a couple of weeks before using it. The wife apparently over vigorously pumped this thing and then they engaged in sex before the allotted waiting period. During sex it quote unquote popped whatever internal stitches there were so basically well they exploded the man's penis. We took him to the hospital and basically they had to do an amputate ugh. We took him to the hospital and basically they had to amputate slash remove a good portion of his member. So yeah, if a doctor says refrain from something, don't do it. 50% of the time I'd say our more serious calls were related to somebody who previously had been in the hospital and tried or did do something that they were not supposed to. I have responded to at least four burns related to smokers who were on oxygen and forgot to turn off their nasal cannula and set their face on fucking fire. And I can't even name how many times I've responded to people nearly degutting themselves because they had stomach surgery and popped their stomach staples. Another one you get a lot are people who drink alcohol, take medications, and then die. It clearly states, do not drink on this medication. I would say nine times out of ten at home, trauma is related to not quote-unquote accidents, but people not paying attention. Stepping off ladders, trying to cut off their foot with a circular saw, brackets, to be fair, he was mentally ill, etc. I had a guy swallow razor blades as a joke to his friends. You can imagine how that went. His friends bet him he wouldn't swallow a razor blade, and he did. And Space T-Rex adds, 
Well, he fucking showed those nerds like a boss. YOLO, bitches. Edit. Too cool for school. And Christoph adds, I just got about one of the worst spell I'll ever experience. Can't think of much off the top of my head. I got a lot of sad stories, I guess. I need a genre. I forgot what the call came as. I think a fall. Fire gets on the radio and tells us to turn on the lights and had a sense of urgency in their voice. We pull into this cul-de-sac. Front door of the house is wide open. We get out of the bus and the smell immediately hits us. We're already gagging. I don't know the exact sequence of events for the patient, but I can tell you what we came upon. She presumably had a GI bleed as she had black tarry stool. Brackets, blood, and shit. Any EMT will tell you that this smell is just god-awful. So everyone is gagging, and we're coming into the house with all our gear. We look left, we look right, and there is a trail of this black tarry shit all throughout the hallways. There's a huge pool of it and a trail going to slash from the bathroom. We go into the room, and the bed mattress is just saturated in this shit. Brackets, pun intended. Like someone dumped two gallons of it on the mattress and let it soak in. Then we find this old lady on the floor covered from head to toe in it. Most of it on her, dry and crusted. There's still trails going on all sorts of directions in the house. At this point, everyone is borderline puking. We load her up quick and haul ass to the ER. Everyone is gagging. Brackets, not sure if anyone puked. And we stunk the damn place up. That smell is forever burning in my nostrils, and we spent a good one to two hours doing decon on our ambulance, gurney, gear, etc. Other than that, I know of a dude who shot a rabbit with a BB gun at work and then skinned slash BBQ'd it. Brackets got fired. Then another guy who bought alcohol on duty. Granted, it wasn't for consumption at work, but still. Brackets got fired. And a guy that used to run a bunch of O2 tubing from our main O2 tank with a mask and then light it on fire. Never saw it, but heard the stories of that loon. Another guy would go to the bathroom for like 45 minutes. Some dude say they saw needles in his bag. He refused the drug test and quit when they confronted him. Heh. My first call ever as an EMT was a GSW, brackets, gunshot wound. Not very common in upper-class safe suburbia. It was at a park, too. PD clears us in and we arrive on the scene to find a 70- to 80-year-old Asian dude just lying on the ground with a pool of blood coming from his head. Come to find, it was self-inflicted. Luckily, I don't believe anyone was around. He was wearing a nice suit and had a tie with pictures of $100 bills on it. I worked him all the way to the hospital where he was pronounced dead, of course. One time, a neighbor was worried about the old lady next door, so they call us. We don't get an answer at the door, so fire busts the lock. There's newspapers everywhere stacked to the ceiling. The smell of shit and just nastiness immediately hit us. We start looking all throughout the house and find her in the living room moaning on the hardwood floor. She was down for about two to three days at the very least. She was glued to the floor by her own shit slash piss. This other guy got kicked out of this land center me and some friends would hang out at. Think he had just gotten dumped and was just raging. Brackets came to find out later. He went to a local dive bar and got into an altercation with a dude after he bumped into that guy's girlfriend. So this dude just stabs him right then and there at the entrance. He stabbed him below the rib cage on the left side. Tiny little knife slit, no blood coming out, maybe an inch in width. We rush him into the trauma bay doing compressions the whole way. Doc slices him open on the side and at least a couple of gallons of blood just come gushing out. Shoves his hand up there and goes, yep, there's a hole in the heart, I'm calling it. The guy swung that knife upwards at just the right angle to nick the heart. Talk about bad luck. Had a call on Christmas Day to an odd place. Was some walking trail near a park leading to a neighborhood. Patient was behind some bushes. Guessed some guy was just walking his dog and the dog sniffed out this old lady. We get there and she's wearing a Christmas sweater covered in blood. She's sitting there with a knife in her hand and a huge gash on her neck. She was stable for the most part. Bleeding was easily controlled. We had a late night call on a rainy night to a car accident. We get on scene. It's just one car and no traffic as it was in a busy street. Two teens are driving at high speeds in a sedan. You can see the tire marks way back there. A tree was obliterated from about 15 feet up and the car landed upright about 20 to 30 feet from that. 
The whole roof had been stripped and it was a convertible. Assume they lost control for a while and popped up on the curb, which sent them flying into the tree. There sat two teens, head downs. Ugh. There sat two teens, head down, blood dripping from every orifice, no physical signs of injury otherwise. They called it at the scene and we just sat there like mouth agape emoticon for about five minutes. I was never assaulted or anything like that. Puked on plenty of times and insulted slash spit towards. My stories aren't very exciting. Of all the BS calls, my number one was the old lady who called us at 4 a.m. because she ran out of her insomnia medication. We took her. They used to put us up in some shanty places. Shitty old phone photos. And there are photos of where he used to live and hang out as an EMT. And it looks like pretty crappy. Ugh, some pretty nasty car accidents. Yipes. I was in the news once. I guess they were in the same parking lot or something because it wasn't a very exciting call. Dude drove through a nail salon and didn't injure anyone. Brackets, presumably from a seizure. The video is gone now, and he was combative, so no C-spine if you're curious. And here's the thread for EMS workers in Goon Doctor. And there's a link. Edit, that turned into a wall of posts. Sorry, I just went on a tangent there. And Hollis Mason returns, in the last post I'll read, to say... The only thing worse than a GI bleed has to be a septic urine prolapse. It happens more than people think. Shit just falls the fuck out. Ugh, so fucking gross. Only time I actually threw up a bit on scene. Thankfully, no one was in the back with me, but I totally fucking puked in a biohazard bag. It's also really fucking weird because protocols for prolapse are basically, ugh, cover it up and then take them to the hospital. Meanwhile, their uterus is outside their body. Here are some stories about people who did not go to the hospital, tried to help themselves with their own quote-unquote medical expertise. Also, the Swallowed Razor Blade stories. As I write these, it's bringing back more memories of the job. I've been off the truck for years now. I know I said I wouldn't tell gross ones, but I don't find these gross, just fucking bizarre. Heading, please do not perform medical procedures on yourself. We respond to an at-home trauma. We get to the house, and there is just a trail of blood leading from the kitchen into the garage. There's a bucket of ice and just a big, huge pool of blood. The first responders, brackets. By the way, people, if you want, quote-unquote, in on the action, go with the first responders. They're usually the first ones on the scene, and that's why they call them that. They'll give you a good idea of whether or not this is the job for you. Have this guy's lower foot completely bandaged. It turns out this guy suffered from gout as well as a healthy mental illness and tried to cut off his foot with an electrical saw. I'm not sure if that's the right name for it, though. I think it's like a fast-moving hacksaw. It's a thin blade. Anyway, the blade naturally broke on the bone because bone is fucking tough. So, yeah, don't do that. The next one was a trauma as well. Someone had basically what's called a staph infection. You've seen them, probably had them. They're pockets of pus that build up on the skin and inevitably have to be drained and packed up at the hospital. Well, this guy wasn't going to the hospital for some simple little thing like staph on the side of his neck. So he decides to get one of those super sharp hobby knives and lance it himself. Don't cut your neck, people. Important shit is there. So he literally cut his own throat. Way too deep of a cut. No jugular vein, but Jesus, there was a lot of blood. Heading, I double dog dare you. So this is the most blood I've ever seen anywhere story. Responded to an at-home trauma. Guy was at a house and his friends dared him to swallow a razor blade, like those cut-up cocaine ones. Drugs were probably involved in this dare. He did, and of course cut the inside of his throat and the... And a, <laughs> oh, God. He did, and of course, cut the inside of his throat and got a razor blade stuck in the back of his throat. Now, when we responded, there was just blood fucking everywhere, and the only thing that saved this guy's life was that he fucking puked everywhere. There are some veins in the throat, but you have to cut deep to get to major stuff. The bad thing is that is where you breathe from. 
So we get in, and it's just like this fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre in the living room. In cups, on the floor, just over everything. Blood everywhere. From this guy just puking up whatever he was drinking and the blood. So much blood that you could not avoid walking in it to get to him. To be fair, it was probably more liquid mixed with blood, but it looked like blood otherwise he would be dead. So he leaned over to the side of the couch, just puking blood and bile on the floor. Ugh. His friend told us what happened, and it was, quote-unquote, uh, well, shit. Uh, now what? Fuck! Now, I was a basic at the time and had a really good paramedic partner, and this is how he saved his life. He put on his blood shield mask, got doctor's orders to intubate him with assistance from Verst, which is basically knockout juice, something that normally is not done at all. There's a catch with paramedics. If a doctor is on the phone with you, you can do whatever they tell you, even if it's against protocols. Now, they're not going to let you do surgery, but they'll straight up tell you to do some crazy shit like clamp arteries, etc. Now, there is chemical assistance intubation or rapid sequence, but this was not it at all. That is versed and paralytic. So he gets under the guy, takes forceps, and preps the guy with IV, etc. We are all set to go. The doctor is on the phone, and they come up with this plan. See, if this guy turns right side up, he drowns in blood. Leaning over and vomiting is clearing his airway somehow, but the razor is still in there and stuck at the back of his throat, making him gag. So we get everything ready to go. He gets under the guy, reaches in with forceps, and pulls a razor blade out. Then he hits him with the verst, we flip him over and start draining the blood, and he digitally intubates the guy. Meanwhile, he guides the ET tube into his throat with his fingers. Then, and this is the part the doctor told us to do as you normally don't, was to literally pack his throat with wads of gauze. There was no way to stop the bleeding otherwise. Not something you do at all with a throat injury, but the inside of the throat cuts are probably never seen. Scariest fucking ride ever. Absolute miracle that the guy lived. Well, what do you think about these stories? Have you ever ridden in the back of an ambulance for any dumb reason? I have. I broke my collarbone mountain biking, and it was really my own fault, because I was riding too close to somebody who didn't know where they were going, and I was trying to get around them so that I could be the guy in front to lead the ride, and didn't realize he was about to whip around a giant root in the ground, and I hit the root, and I had to take it out of the woods, which is a delight. Luckily, we were in the woods, which were really just like a mountain. It was like a reservoir preservation. That was the last time I took an ambulance ride, and hopefully, the last one I'll take knock on internet wood. I hope you enjoyed these stories. Some of them are grim. Some of them are entertaining. This thread is like 63 pages long. Uh, and I was really hoping that there would be more stories, but as you go through, but it turns into a ton of pointless bickering, which is, you know, what the internet is about. But I was just sort of kind of, wow, this just goes on. People are just the classic nitpicking each other's points and ugh. Get over yourself, guys. I hope you enjoyed these stories, and let me know what you think about it on the Facebook page or in the comments. Um, and, of course, tell all your friends about it. <laughs> Let's move on to Lou Reed's podcast news. Not much news. I have flaked on making stickers and the posters. Something weird about the DPI on the poster image I have is making it smaller than it should be. Everyone wants, like, a 100-inch poster, right? 100 inches by 300 inches. That's about right normal poster size I think I've bought a poster in a long time and other weird news I am participating in the something awful terrible Christmas album again I made a song about Secret Santas that I will post relatively soon and you will listen to maybe a minute of it it gets better after a minute which is the bad part maybe after we record it I don't know besides that not a whole lot is new Thanksgiving is almost here and then Christmas will be here and remember I'm still available to read things for your uh, 
answering machine or stories that you would like me to record for your loved ones or if you want me to berate your loved ones i don't have to say nice things to your loved ones i can say terrible things i'm actually okay at it and that's rare that i toot my own horn about anything if you're interested in that, let me know. And this is the shilling part of the podcast. Please, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon for your loved ones, go through the click through the link at lureads.com. You have to do it, I think, like the day that you actually do the buying. Like you can't just click and then save the save your cart and then go back a couple days later and buy it because I think the, I don't know how long the Amazon cookie lasts. So if you're going to buy your loved ones things on Amazon, and why wouldn't you? It will deliver so fast. Oh my goodness. Yeah, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, please click through my link. Why not? And if you're going to buy like a vaporizer, Raku10.com still sells them really cheap. That's all you're for the pothead in your life. What are you waiting for? And besides that, as always, please, if you think about it, go to iTunes and give us a rating. Why not? I want to thank everyone who's written reviews lately. There are some great reviews of the podcast on iTunes. And I, I every time I go there and see a review, I'm like, yay! And I've gotten some great emails lately. I appreciate all the emails um, and people sending me suggestions. Always appreciate it. And I no one really mentioned how they thought my interview on Digital Gonzo went. Let me know if you thought it was okay. I enjoyed it. Hopefully he'll have me back for other things. Because I like being included in stuff. Can I come to your house for Christmas? I promise we'll talk about terrible things. Anyway, let's wrap it up, I think. What do you think? I think so. All right. My name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet EMS Stories Edition. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.